came in that region from Bani Israel. And finally, Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu was salam was also of the Anbiya of Bani Israel was born in Egypt. Since he is very close to time-wise to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and therefore from many different angles there is a lot of connection between Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the way of delivering the message, dealing with people, challenges that are being faced. And this is why we see Musa alayhi salatu wasalam is the Prophet of Allah that is mentioned the most in Quran more than any other prophet. And the details that are mentioned in Quran about Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wasalam are not mentioned of any other prophet. We may think, how about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? When it comes to the details of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there are a lot of indications in Quran to it. From those indications, you can really drive a full seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam from these ayat of the Quran. But Quran does not go directly into the details of the seerah. Yes, it does talk more about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as compared to Musa alayhi salam and all the Anbiya put together when it comes to his teachings and his own personal life, which means akhlaq. Those things are mentioned more about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Quran than any other Prophet of Allah. But when it comes to the biography of a person that the person's birth then the challenges this person is facing as he's growing up and his family and then his moving around and uh, ch uh, the, the challenges in the da'wah those are more are, they are mentioned in more detail for Musa alayhi salatu wasalam in Quran than any other prophet of Allah and there are a lot and a lot of lessons for us it's not because its history is not because someone knew more about him, so it was chosen to talk more about him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who's revealing it. And he knew all the details of every prophet and he could have revealed it about any prophet. But there are a lot of reasons we will see why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Musa alayhi salatu wasalam in more detail. That inshallah we'll understand once we talk about the message of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and his conversation with Fir'aun. That how that is different than the other stories that we read in Quran al-Kareem. But at this time, we look into the beginning of Surah Al-Qasas as uh, outline of the biography of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the birth of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Before talking about the birth of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, before talking about the birth of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us 
the difficulty Bani Israel was going through. So Bani Israel are going through a lot of difficulties in that era. Because it's the time that Fir'aun is suppressing Bani Israel and he wants to make sure that Bani Israel cannot get to any position in the country. And therefore there are a lot and a lot of restrictions on Bani Israel in the country. إِنَّ فِرْعَوْنَ عَلَىٰ وَجَعَلَ أَهْلَهَا Fir'aun, he had the upper power and he was acting very arrogantly in that land. These words that we read will give us a lot and a lot of messages to understand where the thing repeats and where we need these lessons of Musa salam in our lives. Remember, when we talk about Musa salam generally, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Sayyidina Musa salam, also it seems like talking about an individual and about one person, but this is another difference between the biography of Musa salam and others that, are, that is mentioned in Qur'an. Talking about Musa salam in Qur'an is not one individual, is not just this family. It's talking about the whole nation of Bani Israel. And what does Bani Israel mean when we say Yahud? See, many times we take it, oh, Yahud said this, Yahud did this, Yahud used to do this. Remember, what does Yahud mean? It means the believers of that time, the mu'mineen of that time, the people of Iman of that time, just like we are the people of Iman today. It was the time of Musa salam. The believers who believed in Musa salam are Yahud. So it's the time, they are the people of Iman of that time. So don't take it as we are talking about some disbelievers. We are talking about the believers of that time. So we can take the proper lesson from that. That what did the believers of that time do? Things that Allah liked or Allah didn't like. And what lessons we learn from that based on how they uh, were treated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what was the reaction of their actions, good and bad. So we learn what good to do and what other things to stay away from. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Fir'auna ala filat. This is where it starts from. Fir'aun was showing a lot of arrogance. He had the upper hand, and therefore he was behaving very arrogantly. وَجَعَلَ أَهْلَهَا شِيَعَ What does that mean? He divided the people of the country into different sections. He divided the people of the country in different sections. Don't mix this nation on this side. Those people on that side, those people on this side. So, just like we say, which, what type of neighborhood? This neighborhood is for the Spanish, this neighborhood is for blacks, this neighborhood for this, for Asians, this neighborhood for, is for this. He planned it that way, so that people will stay separate from each other. So that every nation and every group of people will get what he wants to give them and 
not all of them will get the same type of education, same type of uh, necessities of life being fulfilled and all the other things that are being divided, distributed will be distributed based on where you are from, where you live. See the word is very deep. Keeping some groups very weak. And finally, it went to the extent of slaughtering their, their sons and keeping their daughters alive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Surely he was doing fasad. He was of mufsideen, those who would commit mischief in the land. This is fasad. When a person starts treating people that way. يُذَبِّحُ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ Of course, that's the extreme. He's slaughtering their children. All the boys, he's killing the boys. Quran doesn't say, see, abna'ahum, it should be banatahum, and keeping their daughters alive. But Quran is giving us a message there. That is not, Fir'aun was not keeping their daughters alive because he's very kind and he says, you know, we don't have any danger from the side of these girls, so therefore, what's the reason of killing them? No, he's not keeping the daughters alive. He is not keeping the girls alive. Who is he keeping alive? Their women alive. Which means these girls, when they grow up, they will grow up as a women and then we can use them in our society. This is why he's keeping them alive. So extreme humiliation for Bani Israel, for the people of Iman of that time. It's time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that things have to change. Bani Israel, I'm sure, making dua. We see how many different things they have been trying to change. Quran speaks about some details of it. And now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah decided a change will come. Bani Israel is at the extreme weakness as a nation. Fir'aun on the highest position a human being can get. Okay, you see two extremes there. If you tell Bani Israel, your situation has to change, you need to do something, they will say impossible. Just like many of us. Impossible. There is nothing can, we can do. Just make dua. Isn't it? Just make dua. As if because if we had something better to do, we'll do that. But now because we don't have anything else to do, so we'll make dua. This is what just make dua means. As if dua is only something to just satisfy ourselves, raise your hands and say, Ya Allah, do it. And at the end, you know it's not happening. Leave. I don't want to talk about dua. And about this attitude of ours towards dua. And the way we make dua, as we think, as we are making dua, either the person knows that it's not going to be accepted, or a person with a better iman feels, I'm going to try, see, if, if, it, if, it, if it works, it works. 
You will see after a few days if I see any change. And it doesn't happen, okay, yeah, that's fine. I don't think it's getting anywhere. Anyway. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I decided, وَنُرِيدُ This word is very, very important. وَنُرِيدُ We want it. What? To favor those who were considered to be weak in the land. And my irada was, Allah says, my plan, my irada was, to make them the leaders. And make them inherit the land. And establish everything for them in the land. Give them the power. وَنُرِيَ فِرْعَوْنَ وَهَامَانَ وَجُنُودَهُمَا مِنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يَحْذَرُونَ And we would show Fir'aun, Haman, and their armies from these people things that they were afraid of. Allah says, I decided, I'm going to show you these things. So when Allah decided this, what happened? Bani Israel made dua, and next morning when they woke up, Fir'aun was dead, or his castle fell down, and the roof of the castle was leaking, and they all started celebrating it. No, no, no. See what Allah says. What happened at that time? When Allah says, I did, my irada was to change the situation of this nation now. At that time, Musa salam was born. So if you go to Bani Israel now, and tell them, you know, Allah says He's going to change your situation and this boy is going to help you. What do you mean? This boy is going to help us. How long are we going to wait now? How many more years are we going to wait? We need it right now. We need sabr. We need to go by Allah's plans when we have trust in Allah. See yesterday or the day before we were talking about Sayyidina, in the story of Sayyidina Yusuf wasalam, sabr and taqwa sabr and taqwa when one of these two things go missing then we lose the help of Allah these are the two things that we need as a nation as an ummah sabr and taqwa and everyone every nation needs it in a individual life in a family life in our society as leaders as workers in every field of life and then as an ummah for sure, this is the ummah needs, this is something that the ummah needs, sabr and taqwa. Anyway, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنُرِيدُ See, this is the summary. This is the summary of the irada of Allah. And here you see how the story is studying. Allah says, Bani Israel are going through that oppression. They are going through extremely difficult situation. And now I decided to change their situation. So, a boy is born. This is where the story starts from. And the boy is born at a time when Fir'aun is killing all the boys in Bani Israel. So, of course, accordingly, this boy is supposed to be killed also. The mother of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, when she delivered Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, she kept it secret. Didn't tell no one about it. But, فَإِذَا خِفْتِ عَنْ We said to her that you can keep him and keep on feeding him. But فَإِذَا خِفْتِ When it gets to a point when you are too scared of 
news going out, people finding out, then make a box, put him in the box, and put him in the river. Of course, for how long can she hide it? There are spies all over the country. And they all are living in a situation where anyone that will be asked about, do you know of any child being born in your community? Anyone will say it. That was their situation. So Musa alayhi mother, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَوْحَيْنَا Remember, wahi is used for different type of means of delivering the information in Qur'an. And this wahi here is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts some type of thought, a strong thought in the mind of a pious person where that person feels strongly that this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> if we read the biographies of the scholars of Islam, starting from Sahaba Ridwanullahi all the way down, you will see Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu fighting against Murtaddin. He says, it's something in my mind. And I feel we need to do it and we should do it. That's it. He knew it was from Allah. Umar radiallahu kept on debating with him. And when he saw the strength of Umar, of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, and he's not willing to change. Normally Abu Bakr is very soft when he gives in. He will give in when Umar radiallahu anhu, especially when he will talk to him so strongly. But when it comes to this, Abu Bakr says, no way Umar. Umar, that is not happening. And even if you decide not to join, you can do whatever you want. But this is going to happen. Umar radiallahu anhu says, when Allah subhanahu, when I saw Abu Bakr, when I saw Abu Bakr being so strong in it, Allah put in my heart the same thing that he had put in the, hearts of, in the heart of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. We see another situation where it went the other way around. When it came to compiling the Quran, Umar radiallahu anhu had that thought in his mind that we need to compile the Quran in the form of a book. And he goes to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Amir al-Mu'mineen, we need to do it. Abu Bakr says no. If there was a need, Prophet ﷺ would have done it. No, no, we need it now. At that time, there was no need. Now, according to the need of the time, situation changed, and we need to uh, compile it. No, we can't do it. I'm not doing it. And Umar says, this time I was strong. And now Abu Bakr says in the hadith that Umar kept on insisting on it and kept on talking to me about it. Back and forth, back and forth. Every meeting he will talk to me about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in my heart the thing that he had put in the heart of Umar. See, this is what awhayna here means. She was not a prophet. But she had that strong message in her heart, knowing that this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this again will remind us, we are talking about the believers of the time, when we talk about Yahud. Remember, it's very important. Many times we just take it in a totally different angle. That no, we are talking about Yahud, about that nation who were always against the Anbiya. No, no. See, Musa alayhi mother is from Bani Israel, from Yahud. The nation that we call them Yahud, she's from Bani Israel. And 
she is a very such a pious woman that she is having that message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and she understands this is from Allah. She had no doubt about it. So accordingly, she made a box, put her son in the box and just think of a mother's situation. Today I'm going to put my son in that box and then just put him in the ocean. My heart is telling me Allah will return him to me. That is her iman. My heart is telling me that Allah will return him to me. Although you know your son, your daughter will come back home, but the time when you are sending them away, how painful that is. And especially in this situation, it's an infant. You are not handing your infant to someone, you are putting him in the box and in the water. What's going to happen to my son? Who's going to feed my son? Who will take my son? How would my son come back? Think of a mother's situation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when we told the mother of Musa والسلام, to put him in the ocean, we said to her, وَلَا تَخَافِي وَلَا تَحْزَنِي إِنَّا رَادُّهُ إِلَيْكِ وَجَعِلُهُ مِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ Do not fear, do not grieve. Surely we will return him to you and we will make him of the messengers. How many times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Quran, La takhafu wa la tahzanu. No fear, no grief. For what? For certain deeds that we don't even remember right now what deeds are those because of how much we trust that promise. If today we are in that box, I'm not saying we are, but I'm saying just imagine if you are in that box. Do we think that I don't have anything, there is nothing we can do and no, Allah just handed me over to those who don't believe in Him. There is no way. And this is an amazing ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He addressed the mother of Musa والسلام, in the short ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I gave her two orders within this ayah. If this ayah has two orders and two things that Allah told her not to do and two promises. Very quick, within the same ayah. Six things that are in this ayah. Two orders, two things that she's not supposed to do, and two promises. What are the two orders? Ardi'i, feed him. Suckle him. Put him in the ocean. Two orders. Number two. La takhafi wa la tahzani. Don't fear, don't grieve. The third thing, inna radduhu ilayki, two promises. We will return him to you, waja'iluhu min al-mursaleen, and we'll make him of our messengers. SubhanAllah. What a beautiful way of putting the message, and what a beautiful message that has been given to this mother, who is about to put her son in the water. Anyway, she did what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told her, and 
the she told her uh, her daughter Musa sister that follow him so now the sister started walking around the edge following the box and finally she noticed that the box went and stopped at a place where they are trying to hide the son for this child from in front of Pharaoh's castle this is where the box stopped in front of Pharaoh's castle and some people according to the books and histories Pharaoh's daughter did Pharaoh have a daughter? what do you think? he had a daughter? no? yes? okay think about it I'm telling you according to the books Pharaoh's daughter picked the box up picked that, that box up and when she opened the box there was a child in there there is an infant in there she takes the box into the castle she shows it to her parents Quran does not specify who picked it Alu Fir'aun some family members of Fir'aun this is what Quran says so we'll keep it to that some of the family members some relatives of Fir'aun that picked up the box and they took the box into the castle when Fir'aun's wife and Fir'aun they both saw the child first reaction from Fir'aun this is the time we are killing all the boys let's kill him he has to be of course one of those children from Bani Israel and his wife says La taqtulu. please no 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 don't kill him this will be the coolness of my eyes and your eyes don't kill him because he may benefit us or we will take him as our own son because we don't have a son and they didn't know what is happening here they had no knowledge of what is happening from this some people have written in books also that Fir'aun had no children which is not true he had daughters but he did not have sons so Asiya radiallahu anha Fir'aun's wife she had daughters but she did not have a son and as far as her, them having a daughter Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam talked about it in the hadith where is that hadith? hadith inshallah you find out so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says now they open the box they see and then Fir'aun agreed okay we'll keep him now we know later on Fir'aun one day while he's playing with this baby the boy, of course is Musa Musa, even if he's a baby, he pulls the beard of Fir'aun. What did he do? What did he do? Even Fir'aun had a beard. <laughs> he pulled the beard of Fir'aun. So, Fir'aun said, you know, something is wrong. And some narrations, he pulled the beard and he slapped him. Ron said, this boy seems to be, you know, although he's an infant, he, 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 he's a, something special. And Asiya says, no, 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 no. This is only an infant. This is a child. No, let's try. I think, I think this is that boy. Let's try. So he put a very, very valuable pearl in front of him and a flame of a fire. 
And now he says, if he goes towards the pearl, I mean that he is that very special boy. And according to the narrations, Musa والسلام, is reaching to the pearl, and Jibreel came and moved his hand towards the other side, and he went towards that fire, and he put it, that flame, and he put it in his mouth very quickly. You know, children, as soon as they pick up something, they like to put it in their mouth. This is only with human beings. This is only with human beings. We say he eats like animals, but really animals know what they eat. It's only human beings that they don't know what they eat until they learn. Isn't it? We have to read the ingredients, find out this is halal, this is haram, or not forget about halal and haram. This is beneficial, this is harmful. We don't even know that much. But these animals, you put something in front of them, they smell it. No, this is not for me. And walk, keeps on walking. And you look at it, you know, I gave you this food. No. Which book did that animal read? You give chicken meat. Not for me. So, animals, by birth, they have that information. Things that we need to learn as we keep on growing up. So, Musa والسلام, picked it up. As he put it in his mouth, it burned his tongue. And this is why we see Musa والسلام, was having difficulty talking later on. And we will come to that ayah later on. Anyway, what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us here? Now Musa والسلام, is growing in Pharaoh's castle. And as he's growing there, of course, he understood, he knew I'm from Bani Israel. This is not my father, this is not my mother. Asiya was very, very honest and she told him, he found you in a box. And of course, his sister keeps on coming to the house. So she told him sometime later that I'm your sister, that's your mother. So he knows who his family is. Fir'aun doesn't know. He's growing up and because he knows I'm from Bani Israel and he sees what Bani Israel are going through, so he gradually starts helping Bani Israel. That was really hurting the leaders of the community. They're seeing that this boy, because of this boy being like a son to Fir'aun, so he is favoring Bani Israel in a lot of situations. And they couldn't accept that. And Bani Israel were relieved from a lot of torture, a lot of difficulties, a lot of restrictions that they were going through before the time of Musa والسلام, as he's growing up in that castle. So here we see, if we just stop here, we see the beautiful lesson that Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us that don't look at what is happening to you. Don't see what you are getting and what you are doing or what you can do. Look at the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And really, this is what we learn from these stories of Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. Three words that we repeatedly recite in our salah. Every time now when we see those words, try to remember these situations and see how that, that would elevate your iman and give us a true understanding of what we are saying. Subhana Rabbi al-Azim. Glory be to Allah, who is the great of the Azamah. See the Azamah of Allah. See the greatness of Allah. That Fir'aun, who's killing thousands of boys, Allah is sending the same boy to his own castle for him to take care of this boy and to protect this boy. Subhana Rabbi Al-Ala. Fir'aun says, Ana Rabbukum Al-Ala. Allah says, Subhana Rabbi Al-Ala. We say Allah is the greatest. We see the greatness of Allah here. 
And then after seeing all of this, a person has to say, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. Allah is the greatest. And this is recited every time in the Salah. Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim, Subhana Rabbi Al-Ala, in Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. It is really refreshing our Iman. If we really understand these three words that we recite in our Salah, we see throughout the history that Allah is Azim, Allah is A'la, and Allah is Akbar. Allah is the greatest. Many times we can see what's happening. There is a saying in Arabic language, إِنَّ يَدَ اللَّهِ تَعْمَلُ فِي الْخَفَاءِ Allah's plans always work behind the scene. And you see only the results at the end. They always work behind the scene. We only will see the result at the end. And this is what we are seeing here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us. Otherwise, if we look at Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, his birth and what he's going through, then even ending up in Pharaoh's castle, still no one can connect that to Bani Israel's situation will change in future because of this boy. And as we go further, we will see that this belief gets even more difficult if we didn't know the end result. That what Musa السلام, had to go through later on. So always main thing, we keep our trust in Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala and we understand it's not us that we do anything. We need to do what we can. And dua is a very, very strong tool. Taqwa of Allah is a very strong tool. That mother was chosen because of her taqwa. And because of that, Allah informed the mother of what her son will be going through. And Allah informed the mother that your son will be chosen to be a messenger of Allah. It's because of the taqwa and the sabr of this mother. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with these beautiful qualities. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqni. Sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.